Well, good morning. Thank you for joining me today on Facebook or, or YouTube. It's a privilege to be able to open the Bible again. And I'm going to invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm chapter 46. Psalm chapter 46. This is one of the more widely known Psalms in all of the Bible. If you're familiar with Martin Luther and his classic hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Uh, this is where he got much of the inspiration for that hymn. Also, while you're turning there, I'll remind you that uh, on this link for this sermon uh, in the email and hopefully there on Facebook, if you're interested in going through a sermon outline with fill in the blank and some discussion questions on the bottom, feel free to do that. Let me read to you Psalm 46. There are 11 verses here. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Let's pray together. God, this is a time where we get together and it might be strange for us, but you know the situation here. You know that there is a desire for me to be able to, to, be able to meet with the people here of Highland Crest and I believe there's a desire within the people of Highland Crest to gather with one another. And this is where we are at right now. And I pray that you would use this message from your Bible to bring reassurance of your presence in times of trouble. Help us to see that you are near in times of chaos and instability. And help us to pause and know you know that you are God and through that might we worship you even more fuller than before. Help us to make the most of this time away. Help us to get to know one another. Help us to get to know you even better. In Jesus name. Amen. I don't have to convince you that we're living in some unusual times. Within the last 24 hours, I was looking at some headlines that says that the United States has more coronavirus cases than any other country in the world. 
I've been reading about New Orleans and New York and, and how they are under stress of all of those who believe they have the coronavirus or at least want to be tested for it. Each of our lives have been changed in some degree or another. And if you don't believe me, consider how you're listening to this sermon today. But Psalm 46 and God's word speaks to times just like this. I believe Psalm 46 lays out for us in a very orderly way some re reassuring thoughts. So let's get right into our passage. There is one central truth that I think runs through Psalm 46, and we see it stated like a thesis statement here in verse 1. Here is the central truth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I tell you, if, if we wanted to get some real benefit out of this psalm today, we could just meditate only on verse 1 of this and let it bring spiritual nutrients to our soul. Think with me through this for a moment. God is our refuge and strength. No one else, the government, even science, even our, our, our loving family, they are not our refuge and strength. God is. He has created us. He keeps his promises. He keeps his covenants. God is our refuge and strength. This word is is very important. It speaks about present tense. He currently is our refuge and strength. It is a word of confidence. I am assured that God is our refuge and strength. God is our refuge and strength. And it's not just for me, but it's for you as well. It's for our whole church family. We can, we can gather arms and say, He is our refuge and strength. Let's consider these words, refuge and strength. These are words that are used for people who acknowledge their weakness. Psalm 46 is for those who, who want God's strength to be made known in their weakness. So a refuge is something that we go to when we feel threatened or when our stability is shaken. Strength is something that we seek when our own strength is tapped. And God is this for his people. God is our refuge and strength. And it says here, a very present, not just present, but very present. We can know that he is right there with us. In the spring, as one of our boys was at the children's hospital, and he was experiencing some things that he had never experienced before, including blood tests and being hooked up to these machines, I can remember looking him in his eye and saying, your dad is with you. And I wanted to have the posture of not flinching at all. I wanted my young son to be able to look into his eyes and be able to say, my dad is here. He will take care of me. And the same language is here for us as well. God is with us. We can look to his word and he doesn't flinch. He will see us through. He is very present. 
in times of trouble. Yes, he is with us in these times of instability. Well, we can look at the next several verses here in Psalm 46, and we'll see three different expressions of how God shows us that he is present in times of trouble. Let's look at verses 2 and 3, where we see that God is our help when the symbols of stability crumble. It says in verse 2, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. In light of God being our refuge and strength, in light of him being very present and help and trouble, as a result of that, we don't need to fear. While the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. If I were to ask you, what is something that God created that depicts stability and strength? My guess is that you would include mountains on your list. If you've ever had the privilege of seeing some of these towering mountains over on the western part of our country, the Rocky Mountains, you see grandeur, you see strength. They seem immovable, unshakable. But here in verses 2 and 3, we're seeing them tremble. We're seeing, it says here, that they are moved into the heart of the sea and that the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. In the scriptures, water or the sea is often an expression of chaos. And what we have here in verses 2 and 3 is chaos that is waving and threatening stability. And these mountains that we've often been able to look at and say, they will always be there, are now shaken. And despite that, the psalmist says, we don't need to fear. God is our refuge and strength. It says here that he is a very present help in trouble. I wonder, what would you say is in our culture some symbols of stability? I don't know if you would say money, but certainly money has been shaken in recent weeks as we have seen the stock market plummet. Just this morning, I saw that there is a claim for now 3.3 billion people who have lost their jobs in recent weeks. So our jobs are not stable. Maybe we would say our family and being able to gather with our family. Well, how is that going for us in the last week or so? We're not able to gather for birthday parties. We're not able to gather for weddings or even funerals. And we're not even sure what's going to happen with graduation ceremonies this spring. Well, what about science? That is a fixture. That is something that we can always count on to come to our rescue. And we want to pray for the scientists to discover an immunization for the coronavirus. But they haven't yet at this time. Well, what about entertainment? In the Western culture, like ours, often entertainment is a source of stability and kind of guides our lives, whether it's a new movie at the movie theater uh, going to a concert or a play or or a vast array of sporting venues, whether it's the NCAA tournament or, or NBA or 
Just yesterday, the Brewers were supposed to begin their season or the Olympics. All of these things have been set aside. And yet Psalm 46, God's word says to you, do not fear. God is our refuge and strength, very present help in trouble. And then the Bible says here in verse 3, Selah. Now, what does the word Selah mean? You'll see it three different times throughout the book of Psalm 46. We often see Selah expressed throughout the book of Psalms, and there's one other book, Habakkuk, where we see it. What does it mean? Well, I've just defined it here as to be, to pause, or to be silent. It just means to just think on what we've just said. The the writer here uh, who is writing to us as a choir master says, just pause and just think about this. Sit there on the park bench and meditate on this truth that God is your refuge and strength. Also, just think about the mountains crumbling into the sea. And despite this, you don't need to fear. Just pause and meditate on that. And then we go to the second expression of how God is present in our help. And we see that in verses 4 through 6. God is our help when we are surrounded by threats. Look with me at verse 4, 5, and 6, and 7. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. You see it here in verse 6, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. This, these collection of verses are speaking about God's people there in Jerusalem being surrounded by a rival nation. And they are surrounding them on all sides. And the Israelites, God's people, are not able to go out and get supplies. They're not able to get supplies for war. They're not able to get supplies for food or for clothing. They're not able to get supplies for even water. Yet, despite this, look what verse 4 says. There is a river whose streams make glad. Despite, could I say it, being quarantined, God is looking out for his people. In verses 2 and 3, we see water as a symbol of chaos. But here in verse 4, we see God using water to serve his purpose. Namely, to serve his people whom he is taking care of. And he is doing this to bring them not only survival, but gladness. God cares for his people so much that it is now symbolized in providing a stream of water for his people. Now, this isn't the only time in the scriptures where God is personified by water. We could read in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, where he wrote, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. 
and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that could hold no water. Here in verse 13 of Jeremiah 2, he identifies himself as a fountain of living water. And during this time where it may seem like you are being isolated, may I encourage you to seek him, to know that his word and prayer can be like that spring of water to you. Jesus also spoke of this in John chapter 7. It says there on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That is what our relationship with God and Jesus is to be like. So sweet that it brings strength and nourishes our souls and our lives. So we have there in verse 7 this expression, the Lord is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Pause. Think about that is what the psalmist is saying to us. We may feel surrounded, but God is supplying our needs. Yes, physical, but also spiritual through his word, through his presence, through the gift of prayer. And then thirdly, third, the third expression here of how God is with us in our times of trouble is God is our help when the world is at war. Look with me at verses 8 and 9. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the chariots with fire. Here what we have is a picture of multiple nations in the world that are warring with one another. And yet God is with his people. And it says here in verse 9 that God breaks the bow. That God shatters the spear. That God burns the chariots. God can take the instruments of war and bring them to ruin. He can just take them and make them so they have no use at all. Our God is bigger, bigger than bows, spears, and chariots. He is also bigger than this coronavirus. And he is still at work during this time. And so we read that God is our refuge and strength. Very present in trouble. So we've seen three different expressions of that. And now here in verse 10... The, the psalmist gives us, I think, a, a tailor-made application. I don't have to fish for this application. It's right here in verse 10. What ought we to do with these first nine verses? How are we to apply it? How are we to respond? And the answer is found here in verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. You find yourselves... And sometimes where there's some instability and maybe the expressions of stability in your culture are shaken, but God is not. 
we do not need to fear. We look around and we feel like we're surrounded by threats. Don't give in to the fear. And it looks around like our world is is falling apart. The Bible says that God is our refuge and strength. How are we to apply it? First is be still. When I say be still, it means to cease striving. Cease hurrying. To be quiet. Many of us within the church family during these last couple of weeks have given given some time to, to be able to focus on our relationship with God. A lot of the distractions of our life have, have moved out because they're just not there. When we think about this, be still, we see an expression of it in the Gospels. In fact, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is out in the boat and he is sleeping and there's this great storm that comes up on the sea and the disciples are afraid and they wake Jesus up. And it says here in Mark chapter 4, verse 39, Jesus awoke, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. Here's the word picture. There on the sea was chaos. The sea was given over to striving. The sea was given over to anxiety. And Jesus just said, be still. And that's a word for us today. It's just to pause. Be still. Be silent. And the second part of this application is to know that I am God. Instead of using one's energy and resources on worrying and being fearful and striving and and being in a hurry, they are used the same resources and energy to get to know God, to spend time in his word, to spend time in prayer, to spend time listening to God's word being taught to you throughout the day. Listen to God's word being sung to you and encourage you. Listen, I read this past week about how Netflix is being overwhelmed by all the people are at home and they're binging on watching movies and TV programs. Well, friends, this is not a time for us to binge on Netflix. It is a time for us to binge, but to binge on God's word and to binge on on being around and hearing godly resources that can strengthen our walks and our lives with God, this is an opportunity that God has given to us to get to know him, maybe to get to know him again with these distractions lifted from our life. It's an opportunity for us to be able to spend time with our families and to be able to, as a dad and a husband, to be able to shepherd their hearts and to shepherd their lives. So then we see here at the last verse of Psalm 46. It's identical to Psalm 46, verse 7. It's also the same verse that's found in verse 11. May I say it's like a chorus throughout this psalm. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We see the same verse in verse 7. We see the same verse in verse 11. And it just reiterates this theme that God is with us, that God is our fortress. What is a fortress? 
A fortress is a structure that towers into the sky. That one, when they are up there, looks down upon their enemies and does not fear them. As the enemies look up at this towering fortress, they realize they cannot scale the walls. This is the word picture that is given to followers of God. God is our fortress. During these times of uncertainty, we are to go to him as our fortress. And then let me just offer a conclusion here. We know from reading the New Testament that every Old Testament word points to a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Jesus is our Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. Jesus is the fulfillment of Psalm 46. We do not need to be afraid because Jesus came to be with us. And it was through Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection that we might know God and know the God here of Psalm 46 and declare that he is not only the refuge, the strength, and the fortress of the Israelites, but he is also our refuge. He is also our strength and our fortress. You know, days like this, days of uncertainty, perhaps even fear, God can use these days. And I don't know if you're connected at all to Highland Crest. Last week when I was watching the Facebook watch party, it was a blessing to see so many people watching it that don't attend Highland Crest at this time. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have never trusted Christ. Maybe you have strayed away from the church and strayed away from Jesus. Well, today, today's a day for you to get your life aligned with who Jesus is and God. I would encourage you to turn from your sins, to ask forgiveness for breaking God's law, to realize that he loves you, he cares for you, he sent Jesus to die in your place. Would you be willing to receive his forgiveness that Jesus has offered to you and then to repent and say, I want to follow you the rest of my days. Friend, if you have never trusted Christ to save you, you can do that. Why don't you follow along with me in a simple prayer? God, I thank you for letting me hear these words today, that you can be a source of strength for me. I acknowledge that I have sinned. I acknowledge that what I have done has not pleased you, and I am sorry for that. I realize that Jesus came to die in my place. He took my sin upon himself. And I believe in this. And I want to turn from my ways and I want to follow Jesus and what the Bible says for the rest of my days. Help me to do this. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have done that, I and we as a church family would love to hear about that. You can reach out to me or reach out to our church and I'd be happy to follow up with you. We would love to get you some materials to get you on your way to learn how you can be a follower of Jesus. And, and then I'd also say to us, church family, as we think about the coronavirus crisis, certainly there has been some intrusions and interruptions into our life. 
And when we long to be with one another and worship with one another, and there's a certain indirect accountability that we lose when we're not with each other. Certainly some within our church's lives have been interrupted by, by having their jobs just temporarily laid off. But we want to be reaching out. We want to be encouraging them. But I'd also remind you that not everything that's gone on during these past weeks have been bad. Just last Wednesday, as we finished our time of prayer as a family, I had asked Melody and the boys, I said, what are some good things that have come from this last week? And I could think of one of my boys saying, well, this has given moms and dads times to be with their family more. And, and I believe that to be true. What would you say have been some good things that have come from these last couple of weeks? As a church family, we're, we are realizing that our church is not dependent on a building. We can still be the church even if we can't meet here at 1830 South Military. And this will serve us well in the future. And how encouraging it has been to me as I've reached out to people within our church to realize that our deacons have contacted them or, or people within their Sunday school class has reached out to them. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that. Well, let me pray with you. And then I want to turn you loose and, and take a look at some of these discussion questions. And I hope that you have some people that you can work through these questions with. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for an opportunity to meet with the church family today even if it's just over video, I pray for you to take these words and to drive them home in my heart and in our heart. May we take these promises and, and meditate on them. May we be still and know that you are our God. And may we not be shaken in this time. As a church, may we be a stable force speaking words of truth and hope in our community during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. I love you. And I can't wait for the day which we will meet together again for corporate worship time. Have a great week.